Hello and welcome to episode five of Football Revisited. Uh, no Rob today, so it's just Sims, Butts and myself. And boys, we're going to make history today. We're going to go two weeks in a row where we're not going to discuss VAR or the awful level of Premier League refereeing. Uh, instead, we're going to look ahead. And so we're eight games into the Premier League season. We're starting to see how some of the teams will fare. So today we put our heads on the block and go through our season predictions. So we'll start by going through the actual Premier League table and how we think it'll look towards the end of the season. And we'll start from the top down, starting with our prediction for league champions. Sims, kick us off. I am going to go with the current league champions. And I think Liverpool are good enough to overcome all the injuries that they've suffered. And I know they're without their two main centre-backs. But, I mean, the Trent and Alexander-Arnold, he should be back within a month. I think they've got a lot of quality. And I, more than anything, they won't have to win every game like we've been used to watching for the last couple of seasons. And I don't see that anyone else is as dominant or, um, or is able to eke out results as Liverpool are. So, therefore, their consistency, I'm going to go with Liverpool to retain their Premier League title. But... Do you disagree? I, I do disagree. Um, and I, it's, it's torn me apart, this decision, because I've gone back and forth a few times now. But I'm going to put my neck on the line and say Man City are going to win the Premier League title. Um, I just think they, they've had a decent start. They haven't blown anyone away yet, but I think it's coming. I think they're due to get a big result, hopefully not against Spurs in the end, so hopefully after that. Um, and they're asking for it. I just think they might go on a little run now. They seem to be dead in the ship. You know, they've got Diaz and the port of the back. Uh, you know, that Joe Gonzalo looking decent, a left back. That's always been a problem for them. Yeah, I just think the team looks pretty settled. And once he was back, hopefully he stays fit. I just see that team just, yeah, being a bit bit annoyed and going for it, really. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be different and say Man City. You're not that different, but... Because I also said Man City. But then when Sim started speaking earlier, he was like winning me over with everything he said. I, I was there to be convinced. Yeah. But no, I'm going to stick with what I wrote down earlier. And I went Man City just because I think this is more than ever. We're seeing more injuries than ever. I think we're going to continue in that vein. I think they are the best equipped at dealing with it in terms of squad depth. I think Liverpool are now down to bare bones and anything on top of what they've got. I think that's when... I think what they've got now is just about enough to, like Sim said, eke out results. I think any more injuries, and I just don't think that's there. Um, so I'm going to go Man City is my prediction to win the league. You know, you know we say that, though. Two things. It's Alfred, but it's really brave of you. Fair play, sick your neck and lying back in the multi <laughs> assemble squad. Well, you know, um, this okay, is the Liverpool so pod, more or less. We say, we say that only because, I've said in the past, but I'm sitting here thinking about it, and we say that Man City are better equipped. But if you actually think of their squad, for example, they lost their two strikers in Jesus and Aguero. They didn't have any of There was no other centre-forward, actual centre-forward. If they were to lose De Bruyne, that midfield area then, you know, you, you isn't, you know, Gundogan, um, Fernandinho's out at the moment, but you, know, you could argue he's a centre-back these days anyway. Rodri. Yeah. But then you've got Bernardo, Mares, who can all play central. Yeah, I I've four done. I think there's enough. I just, I don't think, and like at the back as well, you know, like left back, right back, Mendy's out, Zinchenko goes in. 
Oh, they played Danilo. Was it Danilo? Not Danilo. Um, Cancelo. Yeah, I'm just not sure they're actually as stocked as we think they are. No, but I think they are more stocked than any other team. And yeah, on top of that, come January, they're the team who could go out and buy another player for 50 mil if needs be. And I don't think Liverpool are capable. Like, I think they could now sign centre-back because of how desperate they are. But I don't think there's that option there to buy, right, we need centre-back. While we're at it, let's buy another centre-mid. Man City, I think, have that option if they needed to. Yeah, I but I think I think it's mad that it's it even like a debate, to be honest. That Like, I'm saying that I don't think Man City are as strong maybe as we think they are. And I mean, only like a couple of weeks ago, I was the one actually saying how good they were. But I yeah. still agree with that. But my, I think my argument is, when you actually break down their squad, you know, it only takes a few injuries to certain places. And they're all of a sudden, they're not that strong. But I think it's mad that there's even a debate that they're not strong enough, considering the amount of money they've spent. Like, it should yeah. be just completely, like, they are the strongest squad by they should 50 be, miles. Yeah, they should be over. this conversation should be over by now. We should go, Man City, we've got the squad to do it next yeah. but yeah I think the problem in Man City is like we say that if they get injuries I don't think Pep adapts enough to get results whereas I think Liverpool would they would change maybe change not change their whole style but maybe adapt to the players that they have whereas Pep would just go right next man up go in there do the job that the other person was doing and I think that's where he's because in the Premier League I don't think he could really draw maybe another that's league he could down. Yeah, they've so, already done it like you said, yeah. Liverpool, didn't yeah. they? Like they lost Van Dijk and Gomez. All of a sudden, you saw the, against West Ham to the game for the break. Nat Phillips goes in. They're not asking Nat Phillips to come out to the ball and pass it, spray it. It's like, you get it, lump it, go long, yeah. and we'll start again. We'll try to yeah. miss out the defence and we go from keep. Ah, Alisson was all of a sudden was trying to look for the quick balls himself over the top. Whereas, as you said, when Guardiola lost a report last year, mm. and in the past, when he's had like the likes of Otamendi, who he clearly didn't fancy, but yet... I knew we couldn't play that type of game. Yeah. I think he had Dimacare. Did he have Dimacare as a start? Have I imagined that? Who? Martin Dimacare. Is it, you know, Martin? No, I, think um, I think he's left. I think, I know. Well, like Zabaleta was playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Zabaleta, there's another Zabaleta. one. But like, he had players who didn't fit that style, but he was like, no, we're playing this style. So like, yeah. I completely agree with you. That, yeah. And he's not good in a way, though, is he? That's just not what he yeah. does. Well, yeah, I just think, yeah, because I, I look at the table now, they've only lost one game. I know they got battered by Leicester. You know, they've drawn, they threw away leads. Okay, not too bad. I just think they're, the thereabouts are the 10th. I think they might just, everyone's back, it seems. Have they got any injuries? I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, I know Aguero's touching for me, but yeah. he's the only real one. Jesus looks, you know, looks decent at the moment, so. Yeah, I, I think they're on the upward trajectory. And like I say, like Silva hasn't performed well last six months. He's due a run of form. Mahrez is the same. Sterling. There's a lot of players I think need to step up, but I can see them. Uh, I can yeah. See them I'll, uh, yeah, I'll stick with City, but it's not like slight on Liverpool to say that they're going to be second. I think they're going to push all the way if that is how it's going to be. I think it's Injuries a two-horse race. They're just pulling the classic win-win work, you know, because you know, <laughs> if you win the league, then you get to turn around and season and go, oh, remember when I predicted that? Yeah, predict, yeah, pretend to win the league. Win-win. Yeah. Um, so, we'll now finish off, round off our top four. So, what we'll do, we'll just name the teams and see if we've got the same teams, maybe a slightly different order. So, 
I had Man City top, but then the rest of my top four was Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs. Is it in that order? In that order. So Liverpool second, Chelsea third, Spurs fourth. I had Liverpool first, Manchester City second, Chelsea third, Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur fourth. Mine's very similar. So I had City first, Liverpool second, Spurs third, and Chelsea fourth. <laughs> Where's the bias now, Bert? Yeah. Hey. I don't care. Someone's digging the old Jose Mourinho. I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was only a few weeks ago. You're saying they, they were going to no. win the league, but what's Football. happened? Football's fickle, isn't it? And Eric's like, yeah, led Spurs from centre-back are going to finish third in the league. Hey, stranger things have happened. We'll see. We'll see. No, um, I, no, I'll, I'll defend myself, then. I'll defend myself. I just think it's arguably it's the best squad I've seen Spurs have probably ever I've been, since I've been watching them in terms of just depth. Why are you making that face? We've had very good teams. We've had very good first 11s. But then players come off the bench, you're like, Oof, not very good. I'm not saying it's, you know, obviously the standards of other teams. But for us, it's a very good, very good squad, solid squad. Um, but yeah, it should be eight men for top four. And I think will Chelsea, I, I'm still not believe. I know they've had a few clean sheets of late. But I just don't see them keeping clean sheets consistently throughout the season. Whereas I see Jose go into places where he'll just go, right, clean sheet. And with that front three... I can see us getting a lot of 1-0, 2-1 wins. So, yeah, it'd be very tight. I, I can see it being... I'd be shocked if there was more than five points between Spurs and Chelsea. And I wouldn't be shocked if it was the other way around. But, yeah, I'm a Spurs fan, so... I'm yeah, back that, that's fair. Uh, and we've all got the same top four. So, not much more. I, I, to, to explain the rationale, I, it wasn't so much that I thought Spurs were good enough to get top four. Is was the fact that for me, I looked at the teams who were left because I thought Chelsea were nailed on top four. Then I was looking at the rest of the teams, and the one thing the Spurs had over every single team was the fact that Jose Mourinho has been there, done that, knows how to get the wins, as Butt said. Because I thought the same as you, it would be a lot of one nils, yeah. scraping through, getting the result they needed. And I basically went off then, which manager I trusted to negotiate what is going to be a very odd, very strange season. And I went with, for me, I think you want the guy who's been there and who knows everything and who'll do it. So I went to Jose, so that's why I went Spurs. And seven game, eight games in for Spurs, actually. And I think they've shown a bit more consistency than yeah. the teams chasing, yeah. um, which we'll get on to next with our fifth, sixth and seventh. So these will be the Europa League places. But the way I look at it, the teams who missed out on the top four, that's the way yeah. to look at them. Um, in fifth place, I had Leicester. I think Rodgers will do what he always does and come up short. <laughs> Never dig that. <laughs> Boys, jump in. Fifth? No, I, I completely agree. I, I think fifth. I think they'll do the same as they did last season. They'll probably do well now until, I don't know, maybe February, maybe February, March, and then they'll probably be a knock around Europa League. Maybe that will take over their focus, and then they'll probably lose a few games that they shouldn't. Yeah, I can see them finishing. Finishing fifth as well. I went Man United to finish fifth. Oh, good God. I did. I, I, Who was the manager? He didn't get off yeah. well, because, well, Solskjaer's in charge and they're, you know, they're not good enough, in my opinion, compared to the other teams. But I still think that they'll pick up wins and it'll just be the classic Solskjaer that they'll go on a little run of like 10 games where they're unbeaten 
And again, I think it's all you need, to be honest, because I, I don't particularly think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like one or two points between fifth, sixth, seventh. Well, I'm fourth, to be honest. But I, I, Sorry to jump in. I was just about to ask. How, so you, do you think Manu will be within five points of fourth place? Um, or do you think they'll be in with a shout? Uh, or are they, well, they going to be a bit I, of a gap? I don't think they'll be in with a shout because I think it'll, they'll always be on the outside looking up at it. Um, but I do think it'll be like, yeah, four, you know, five points maybe. But then, that, and I think it could be that towards the end of the season, that, that gap, they obviously they will jump up late on. Like, I just don't see them challenging top four yeah. at the moment. But then I don't see them being miles off it. Um, and for me, I think they'll just hang around as they always do. And I, and I think it's more, it's more damning on them than the fact that I think Spurs are, go- are good enough to get off for, that I just think Man United are nowhere near as good as Spurs. Yeah. That's um, so you know, that's why for me, Spurs are clearly in the top four bracket, whereas Man United aren't. Um, and I, well, I'll come on to the next my, one. And... My question would be, will Man United finish in fifth? For me, that would be one of the worst things that could happen to them because I think the fans will probably be like, oh, Ollie, you know, you used to be this big player for us. Let's give him another season. Maybe the transfer window will get Jaden Sancho and all these other players, which they won't because their board is an absolute mess. So I, I think they're better off. Not better off. They're probably better off finishing seven, yeah. eight, somewhere like that. Then I think everybody will go, okay, Ollie's had two years. Like yeah. you said, I yeah. quickly agree with, you'll probably have a run now of 10 games or they win. And then they'll have to just say, right, it's not worked. Let's bring in Poch or somebody like that and let's go again. Because if, if he's there next season, man, you're absolutely killing themselves. Um, sixth place, but Sixth place, I think I went with... Yeah, I went with Arsenal just because, I, to be honest, I don't really see Arsenal as... Yeah, I, I doubt they'll challenge um, anywhere near top four, to be honest. Um, but between them and Man U, they're probably slightly better of two bad teams, but you know, at least with Arsenal, there's a little bit of more stability and, and direction, you could say. Uh, but in terms of the teams, not too much difference. I'll tell you now, I had Arsenal ninth on the table. On mine. I wouldn't be shocked though. That, that's how bad it is for Arsenal at the moment. I wouldn't be shocked. I know we're not going that far down, but I worked out where they'd be because I guess some one yeah. of you would mention Arsenal. But yeah, I had Arsenal coming ninth. Um, in sixth, I actually had Everton. I think back to what Sims was saying about Spurs, what manager do you trust? And I'm looking at your Arteta, Solskjaer, and then Ancelotti, and I'm thinking I'm backing Ancelotti all day long in that battle. Um, I don't so, disagree with that if, if they get some injuries, because I think they are dependent on their first 11. Yeah, yeah after you, the first seen... 11, first 12, 13 players, you're like, oof, is there yeah. really much more to come in? No, but, that's, yeah, that's I agree true. That's if true. they say injury last free, two, three games, they obviously the Ricardos and Dinia suspensions. They had a few other knocks yeah. um, in defence, and you've seen them kind of hit the wall a bit. But and again, I think Ganshlot is the guy to turn that around. Like you said, it requires as well not only for the eleven to stay fit, but also the eleven to play very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, like obviously, like you know, Cavalouin uh, at some stage. Will regress in terms of you know you won't carry on on this at this proje- on this projector at the moment, and that's not nothing wrong with that. That's just how football works. It's very rare that someone has a whole season where they are outstanding throughout the season. 
untouchable. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you think that you think Pickford, God, I mean, you know, he could lose you games just on his own. Yeah. And then, like you said, it, so for them to stay relevant and for them to really push, they've got to be on top of their game all the time. And that's why, for me, I, I had them close in breaking into the top seven. I eventually finished with them eight. Yeah. I think the argument you just made, though, I think that's the problem with all these teams we're discussing now, is you just can't trust them because yeah. De Gea has been that keeper the last few years, costing my new points. And you thought he'd be the last person to be that guy. So I think you have always got that problem with these teams. Unfortunately, it's not the same old Europa League, UEFA Cup, Premier League teams because it was always Liverpool's kind of place in the table list. And the quality is just not there. It's a um, long way off. No, Especially that top four. Uh, who's your team sixth? Uh, Leicester. Leicester. I had, um, I thought between now uh, the three, you uh, know, six, fifth, sixth, seventh, there was absolutely nothing there. And I thought, oh, the man, you know, it's a bit of mad that oh, the man, you Arsenal, Leicester. I think Leicester are the better team out of the three of them. It's just I put them in six because I thought I think they'll take Europe seriously, and yeah. they're just not used to playing. Because the thing is, everybody, it doesn't matter if you're Burnley, oh, everyone's going to be playing tw- twice, three, de- three times a week soon. In December yeah. now, there'll be games every couple of days. So, you know, people are going to drop points. And teams like Leicester, where they haven't got a big squad, I think will drop those silly points here and there. And then, you know, you drop, you drop like seven or eight points in December, January, and all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, looking up. Yeah. So that's why I put them there. Not necessarily because of their ability, just because... I just don't see them being able to, com- to commit across the board. That's fair. The only thing I'd say there is why I put them fifth, why I slightly disagree, is that I think they've already shown that they've had a few injuries. Like that Luke Thomas has come in, where that Fofana has looked brilliant. Since Fuchs has been playing, left centre-back. You know, James Madison hasn't been fit. Marco Brighton's been playing. So I think, you know, just looking at that, they're missing some key starters. So I just think them, they've, they've shown me already in eight games that they can cope with injuries. Whereas with Arsenal and uh, United, I just don't really see that happening. Yeah, but to be fair, if they lose Jimmy Vardy, they do yeah. well in the top 10. <laughs> you know, so. But that, in fairness, I, I 100% agree with you, because I would say the exact same. But then I suppose if you're a Leicester City fan, you turn around and say, well, if, if Arsenal to lose Aubameyang, if Spurs to lose Kane, you, know, you, you could probably make the argument for any club. Yeah. But I do agree. I think Vardy is even more important because... Without him on the pitch, I think they I think they lack a real threat. Yeah, I, I really do. I think Ian Acho, you know, again he's on he's a nice little patch at the moment, but he's not you know he's not I don't think he's a top class Premier League. No, and he gets him out of jail, Vardy, so many yeah. times. Oh yeah, have to change that all attack. Yeah, the amount of times where awesome. it's his. Winning goals as well. Like he doesn't score nothing goals. He scores goals that gets three points or steals a draw when they shouldn't get it. And um, yeah, I I think they would really struggle without him more so than like you mentioned earlier, Man City with De Bruyne. I think yeah, Fadi Leicester is more important. Um, in seventh, I'll start with this one, and this is where Man U sit for me. Um, it could be higher if they sack Ollie. I have written that down, but. Uh, I hope they don't and have a nice season finishing seven. Yeah, no, I, I mind the same. I said, man, I kind of give them my reasons. So, yeah, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish lower than seven. So. No, I had Aston Villa sneaky in eighth, mind. 
That's what I've got as my eighth. You actually? Yeah. I think they'll keep up. I think they will keep up. And then Arsenal were ninth then. So Villa were the team in eighth for me. Eighth? Eighth for Villa. I love it. I put them 11th. I I wasn't bold enough to go top 10. I put Southampton 10th. They're my, like, you know, obscure team breaking into the top 10. The way they've sat the season, I just think it's been brilliant. And they've played some... They beat Arsenal. They beat Liverpool. Um, They've played top teams. and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Got points. I would. I'd be very (laughs) surprised. I just think... I think they're in in that space at the moment with the players they got where... Some weeks they'll they'll battle some teams, and other weeks then they'll just lose games really they should win. But I think other teams, there's a lot worse teams. I think. Than, uh, just, but watch them get relegated. No, but are still. We, you know, are we no. saying that they're better than Arsenal? Then, uh, yeah. Even Arsenal, you know, they're not. They're not. Uh, have you? I know it's one game, but have you, have you seen the highlights? Oh Arsenal yeah, I, I don't. I, oh I don't come on, up, like, you know. Playing. No, Aston Villa beat Liverpool like you. Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah, but I, we're talking about Aston Villa specifically, and yeah. honestly, they were absolutely, they were fantastic. I've seen if they, more. If they played near anywhere near that. Half the games they got to play, they'd win more games than they lose. Yeah, and I'm not basing it off that one. I'm basing on the eight games I've seen, and I've seen a lot yeah. more from Villa than I have from Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And individually, <laughs> the players seem a lot hungrier than those Arsenal players. I feel like eight is very high. Well, we'll see after we'll 30 games. Yeah, we'll see in 30 games time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who was? Uh, yeah, you said you had Man U seventh as well, but Sims who was your seventh. Uh, I had Arsenal finishing my top seven off. I I won't did a go. Sorry, I just Hello. Spain won six 0 against Germany tonight. Sorry. <laughs> um, I won't, For our Spanish listeners, there you go. Yeah, I won't did a go. Um, I did want to chuck in like an Everton or someone like obviously someone to break in. Um. Everton, I was very close to putting them in. I'll be honest, between them and Arsenal. And to be honest, thinking about it now, I could no. Do you know what? Actually, I will put Everton in because it comes <laughs> back to this thing of who do I trust? Yeah. And I would, I would back Ancelotti over Arteta. I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, and yeah, I, we'll go Everton actually. We'll go Everton. And then Villa. And then <laughs> <Arsenal>. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't, think, I don't even think Villa get my top twelve. Oh my. God. They're level to me, so. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Um, so we'll flip it now and go to the bottom three. Yay. You've been quite vocal on a team you think oh. is going down this season, but so. do you want to start? So in the 18th, 19th, or 20th, where does yeah. that team sit? Oh, they're, they're 18th. They're not as bad as the other two. Alright, we'll bad. go from 18th then. So, yeah. so Sheffield United is, is my. First team to get relegated, um, and I just want to point out that I'm not. I haven't got any bad feelings <laughs> towards Sheffield. I'm just convinced after seeing them do so well last season, and we're due a second season syndrome team um, that's going to go straight back down. And the way they've started this season is just yeah, it, it's just back in my shouts that they're going to go down. The biggest thing for me is that I just don't think they haven't they haven't recruited very well at all. To be honest, I I always look at it and go if a team goes down. Is there any players there that other teams will go, oh, I wouldn't mind having him in my team. And the only player I can think of is that um, Sander Berger, the Berger yeah. or Berger, whatever it is, yeah. the uh, Norway guy. Everybody else, I think, is a championship player. You might get one or two that might go back to the Prem. Like, they bought Rian Brewster for big money. You, you've got to spend that money on it, on it, at least a proven goal scorer in a top five division. 
um, around the world. You can't pick him out. He's had a good time. Well, I, I know it's obviously hard, isn't it? But you know, look at look at Aston Villa. They they bought um, Ollie Watkins. Yeah, who's done? Whose CV is the same as Brewster, really? Like mm-hmm. score goals and championship. Championship. I think he's done. You know, I think he's done it a lot longer than Brian Brewster. He's had a few seasons now where uh, Ollie Watkins has banged in the boards of Brentford. And he's had a, I, you know, I don't. If you have, let's say, let's say they bought Ollie Watkins and then you buy Brian Brewster, fair enough, because he's a young lad. Bring him in. Hopefully, he does well for you. But to pin your hopes on this boy, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, to keep Sheffield United up. And they don't play very attacking football anyway. That's what I, I was going to say. They don't. It's just a struggle Watching him so, last couple of weeks, he doesn't suit that style. But no. I hope I'm wrong. I like the lad. And I, I think not to what you're saying, but, you know, Ollie McBurn, he wasn't cheap. So you're pairing him with a guy who is basically Ollie Watkins, just a little less talented, I think. Yeah. Ollie, you know, I, um, was it not I say Ollie? Yeah. McBurney, I just don't, I don't rate McBurney. I've never seen it in him. And I just think, you put, you know, you pay big money for him. If you're paying big money for him as Sheffield United, surely he is your guy. So I'd even question why he's having to spend another 20 million. Yeah. The goal scorer, when you've just paid for the goal scorer, surely. Yeah. Um, but with, I completely agree with what you're saying about Sheffield United, but I think you look at them, they are these classic, like, system player. So all those players... On their own, and nothing, are they? But when you put them in that system last season, they all work well, and they all complement each other. But if you were to say like, "Oh, John Fleck," yeah. <laughs> him, any like any like you know lower lower prem team, fancy him? Like you said, Beth, they all say no, probably. Yeah. I think and, I think that's another issue. They haven't they haven't adapted. I'm not saying they have to change their whole style, but they haven't adapted at all to how they played last season. Because, you know, it's all well and good coming up first season. Not many teams know you. And, you know, you'd obviously do well finish top 10. But they are playing exactly the same football. And they haven't really changed their team. They're just, well, if anything, they've gone worse. Obviously, with uh, Ramsdale coming in. That was my point. So you that, said about recruitment. That's the worst signing. I think yeah. if we ever did a list, worst signing. Getting rid of, not getting rid of Dean Henderson, but replacing yeah. Henderson with Aaron Ramsdale, who looks like... Sims goalkeeper comment. One of the worst goalkeepers I've seen in the Premier League in a long time. Yeah. 18 million pounds, man. He's mad. It's mad. And, and he's been in my fantasy football team twice this season. You know what's worse? <laughs> yeah. He started out to Sheffield United. Yeah, no, yeah. So you bought him back. Crazy, yeah. It's sort of like a I, really like, I really like Chris Wilder. And he obviously seems, you know, he seems like a top look, a good manager, but I don't know who's making the decisions at, at Sheffield, but they haven't made any uh, any right ones this season. So, yeah, no, there we go. Uh, Sheffield are 18th for me as well for many of the same reasons you said. But what I would say is, for me, it was between four teams. Yeah. The team that's safe for me is whichever team sacks their manager and gets Big Sam. <laughs> and we laugh, but you are bang on. First one to do that is safe. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but based on what we got at the moment, I'd go Sheffield 18th. I am going, this is where I am going to put my head on the box. I think Burnley are going down. As do I. Oh. Are <laughs> oh, you thinking they're going 19th then or 20th? 19th I got Burnley. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, I, yeah, I have Burnley going down um, simply because they've got one of the smallest squads going and they're going to have to play week in, week, well, you know, yeah. twice a week. And like, we talk about recruitment, it's non-existent there. 
and like you just really worry for them. They seem to me now, like do you remember when Stoke went down? Yeah. It was around this time. They've been that they've been in the Premier around this long now with Burnley, where it's about like a good few years where they've they've gone past the point of being settled. And then it's like, right, we need to like build another team now. Yeah. And they just never got around to it. And I just look at Burnley now and I think, oh gosh. Do you know what I mean? Like they they relied on clean sheets. They've gone. They can, yeah, are they going to come if they get like a few injuries or if they're going to rest players? Because that's another thing. You don't even need to get injuries. You just need, you know, some sports scientists are going to tell you, oh, look, you can't play him again because he's in the red. Yeah. You've got no choice. Otherwise, you could snap his hamstring in half. Do you know how many goals Burnley have scored this season? Very few. Three. Three goals. And I think that's the other side of the problem. They've lost the clean sheets. Yeah. And they've just they don't look creative at all. And I think that's down to that midfield. They got one man who could lead them to glory, Dwight McNeil. And <laughs> outside well, him, I can't see. Burnley has in my I don't think they're going down. And I just think there's a couple of reasons that well, one, the manager, I think Sean Dyche will get enough, just enough. I think I put him down seventeenth. Yeah, seventeenth. I think he'll just get enough out of them to just stay up. Plus they're having there's talks of this takeover. So I think that might cheer him up a bit. The fans are getting excited because, like you just said, with Stoke, there was a lot of talk around when Stoke went down. Oh, we do want to play these long balls, Ricardo Fuller style. We want, you know, Chikiri's on the ball, nice football. And ultimately, that was their demise. Whereas with Burnley, I think their fans are quite happy at the moment with the way they play. Um, plus, with this takeover, hopefully, there's a bit of excitement there. So I just think they'll get enough just to stay up. And I think there's some experience there in terms of manager and the players. I'm not saying they're very good players, but they are experienced Premier League players. I think 17, they should get that. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they do go down, because like you say. So yeah. I'm guessing that your two teams for 19th and 20th are Fulham and West Brom? Correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> so Burnley were 19th for me. Um, do you both have the same team in 19th? Uh, Fulham. Fulham, I go, yeah. Fulham, I had surviving. I think they're the only team out of those four that have actually won the game so far this season. I think if uh, Lookman could have scored that pen, then that's another one. I think they've got more. They've scored the most out of those four. And I think that's even without Mitrovic. Rob's not here, so I've got to <laughs> give the Mitrovic yeah. shout-out. Um, they've got someone who can score goals. And I think it is an old cliche that... Uh, He'll keep them up, or a goal scorer will keep them up. And I think there's more goals in that team than there are in the others. Um, that only changes if Big Sam takes them over for me. So yeah. I'm yeah. going to go full. Um, I think they've just got a bit more about them going forward. More I, I hope they do stay up, actually, because they are one of them teams that are peak Premier League years. You just think of them to do. So yeah. it would be, and they've, they've been up and down so much recently. And they are like a nice, you know, Craven Cottage is a nice stadium. I like Scott Parker. Yeah, obviously, you know, I love Scotty Parker, but I wouldn't be shocked if Big Sam took over and he kept them up. Yeah. I'd be they've got talent, but... if I the Fulham West Brom say that, I would genuinely be amazed. You can see too much in the Fulham. I, yeah, I look. I just think they've they got they, the best goal difference as well of those four, though. Yeah. I, I, oh, don't get me wrong. It's it's more to do with it just that I think they're rubbish. <laughs> as in, like I don't think anyone's particularly better than them. Yeah. I just think they're not very good. Yeah, you know it's it's a quite that like I think this year is kind of it's, it's so obvious that there's like 
numerous mini leagues in the league. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. Fulham and West Brom, if they were in the Championship, I couldn't even tell you, guarantee you, that they'd be in the top two there. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know, I just think it's a weird league this year. And to be honest, it's been weird for a while now. It seems to have, I think, That's I would good. argue, it seems to have been like this for a while. You know, when yeah, you've got teams who just seem well out of their depth, but yeah, yeah. with, the, you know, in with regards to the Prem, but then the lower half of the Prem, there's not much between them. Yeah. The thing is, Fulham are a prime example of when they came up two seasons ago, they spent 100 plus million, changed basically their whole team to try and stay up. And they were absolute pants. And they got relegated easy. Whereas this season, they've kind of, they've bought obviously a few players. They've kind of kept that core. Yeah. And it kind of looks like the same. So it's like, well, you know, it's chalk and cheese, but you're still getting the same results, basically. So what, what, kind of, what can you do? And Fulham, you know, they're a London club. They should be able to attract players. But yeah, I don't know. The, the gaps are just getting bigger and bigger each year. And yeah, the only way you yeah, can do it is by spending money. And there's only so much money to go about. And so we're all in agreement with West Brom, Rock Bottom. Yeah. I feel sorry for West Brom, I'll be honest. It's got to that stage you know, where it's like, shoot, I feel pity for them. They're just yo yo so much. It's just unbelievable. Imagine being a West Brom fan. <laughs> oh, I, I just, there's nothing to. No, I, you know, like their big signing was Grant Slav Ivanovic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scary, really. Yeah, it is. Um, and I they've got they, no one up front. They seconds over the championship, right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't playoffs, not full they've of got players. textbook championship strikers, though, aren't they? Like they've got yeah. a good championship squad. It's a text, yeah. Just it's a textbook championship team. Yeah, big, strong, will do a job in set at set piece view, and will defend quite well at that level. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, Organized. Yeah, they're a team that's designed to go away to Millwall on a Tuesday night and get you a result. Yeah, but, but again, I just. And I think we are spoiled because like, every year now there's one team that comes up who are like the free flowing, fun to watch. Like Wolves came up with that team, Leeds are this team this, that, this year, even Norwich to a point. Sheffield yeah. United last year. Villa. Well, Villa this year, yeah. Oh, the eighth, no? But, you know, <laughs> and then we'll, West Brom the exact opposite. Yeah. Where you look and go, how were you even you? Like, how were yeah. you going to this party? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. So um, that's our table prediction. Um, any other surprises you had elsewhere in the table? But I know you did. Uh... Yeah, I just, the, the only one for me really sticks out is Southampton breaking into the top 10 of finishing 10th. So I had them in 10th, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, where did Newcastle finish, you do? Both. I didn't do that I one. I just put, did um, those 16th. teams just missed out. 16th. I can see him being. Within single digits, in terms of variation, maybe eight, seven, eight I points. I agree, because I look at them and I think they're yeah. they're, crap, they're crap. Yeah. But do you, do you believe in Steve Bruce? Last question. Because I'm like I kind of do. I kind of don't. Do, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I do. I still don't know. He's been relegated a few times. He stayed a few times. So it's. But I look at but I look at Newcastle. I think they've got enough to stay up. But then there's not that much of a difference between like a Newcastle and Burnley. And I'm saying the Burnley go down. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's really there, there really isn't that much of a difference. I think Callum Wilson's a difference, to be honest. Yeah, that goes like if they went down, he is the one you would pinch off. Them. And they've got like a John Joe Shelby, who I don't, I'm not particularly a massive fan of his, but 
he'll offer you something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he'll score like a worldie, you know, a couple of worldies maybe, or he'll play like a ridiculous through ball one game to get you the goal that wins you three points. Yeah. And they got a few individuals like that as well. Who I think yeah, Alan, on well, the day, maximum, isn't it? So yeah, on a day, you can just turn up, take three points, which at that level is massive. Huge. Uh, so we'll run through our individual player and yeah, and manager awards. So we got player of the year, young player of the year, top scorer, and manager of the year. We'll start by predicting who we think is going to be player of the year. It's a tough one because obviously it can get boring if we all just name Salah or De Bruyne. Um, so I'll start off with another big name player, um, and I'll go Harry Kane. I think he's been quality first few games of the season. His links uh, with Son. Showing a different side of his game. I think if Spurs get top four and he gets 20 goals on top of what he's on course for, like 10, 15 assists plus, I think he'd have deserved it. So, yeah, I'm going to go Harry Kane, my player of the year. But you go next, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, well, before we came on air, I got rinsed for saying KDB, so I'm not going to pick KDB. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for somebody else. And literally, for the last week, every time I've gone on Sky Sports News or turned on Sky Sports News, all I've seen is an art- articles, people's opinions, bloody polls, stats. You, but one player... In- if you say this player's name, then I've got him written down in brackets here as an honourable mention, because if the table plays out how <laughs> I think it is, and they finish eighth, well, this guy... Yeah, exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think there's going to be an absolute media storm to try and get him the first name on the team sheet, right, maybe the second after Harry Kane for the Euros coming up, and that is going to be Jack Grealish as an outside bet. I wouldn't be shocked. There's been a couple. Didn't Scott Parker win it one year when he got relegated? So, yeah. you know, it's not... I don't it's think it's out the realm of Plus the form he's in. I think yeah, it's only Kane and Son. Yeah. Kane and Son are the only players who've had more goal contributions than him so far this season. Yeah. Um, if yeah, he wasn't English, I would have picked him. But the fact he's English, and I'm seeing all this hype about him at the moment, and if he carries on the way he's going, and carries into the Euros, I think. I like uh, you had the bravery saying, so I'm going to join you. Shove off Harry Kane. Jack Grealish <laughs> get two votes for Player of the Year. I um, Harry Kane was, was one of them, I was thinking of. Um, but I will go for his strike partner, who I think could potentially finish up top goal scorer. And and I think Hyungmin Son could be the guy who wins Player of the Year this year. To be honest, he does strike me as the type who wins that as well. They do like a forward, and it's normally that type of forward. You know, you never see like, you know, battering round like a Lukaku, for example, when he had a hell of a season at Everton, was never in the running for it. Yeah. But those wingers, type strikers, who will, who will glide through, I think it's just it's a very because let's be honest, that award is it's a stylish it, award. Exactly, it's a stylish award, isn't it? That's why they don't like it when a defender wins it, or you know, a whole limit fielder. So I will go with Hyung Min Son, and I will. Can I carry on with the young player? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Because this, I didn't actually research how old this boy is. Because I just took for granted that he was young enough to be qualified for it, and also because I know it, it, one of the things that really annoys me is young player of the year. I think it was up to twenty-four years old. Yeah, they need to be twenty-three when the season starts, so they could be twenty-four right now while we're speaking. So that that's ridiculous. But now I've heard that, I'm not think. I think this player isn't. I think he's too old. I had Jack Grealish down. Oh, yeah. He's too old. He's he's 25, 26, I think. Is he? Yeah. 
Oh, well, you've been around digits. I wanted him to get a summer award, but I don't want to join on the player of the year award now, so I will go <laughs> with another Unless guy. Unless he's getting top score, Romans of the year, you've got to give him player of the year. I will go with Phil Foden for young player. I will say it. Because I think he's had this tough start to the season, and I think this is the year that he becomes a main a mainstay in the team. So I'll go with Phil Foden with an honourable... Oh, I won't say honourable, I can't go with one of you players. But uh, Sims has just taken my pick. He hasn't done his research. I know he's taken my pick. <laughs> um, although I have done my research and I will use my alternative pick. Um, I'm basically appearing this alternative guess on the fact that I'm predicting Man City to win the league. And this guy just got a hat trick for his national side tonight. So I'm going to pick Fern- uh, Ferran Torres. He's come in. Nobody's really know who he is. He's looked decent. Hasn't got the end product yet. But if, if tonight's anything to go by, he could be scoring goals in the Premier League. Yes, he's my pick. As soon as I said young player of the year, this guy came into my head. And I'm hearing the names you're mentioning, and they're much better picks than the guy <laughs> I've written down. But half of it's loyalty to my fantasy football team. Half of it is his actual true ability. Every time this team on, he is the guy that they talk about. And step forward, Tariq Lamptey. I think he's going to have a breakthrough season. I think he, mad how. Someone who's gone under the red, I think he signed for a million from Chelsea, mm. or maybe less than that. And he's just, he's untouchable. Like, he, I've never seen a player foul so often. And ultimately, he's a defender. Um, so he's scored, he's won two penalties, I think. He's just, every time he's on the ball, he's rapid. I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go Tariq Lamptey, and I think he's quality. I, I don't think he'll win it, but I don't think it's an outrageous shout. I think. The story of him is better than what his play is going to show that season. And he's just yeah. got one of them faces. He just, I don't know, there's something about him. He's cute. There's a quality. Yeah, <laughs> he's cute. There's a quality about him that he's just a likeable guy. Yeah. Like okay. yeah, I wouldn't I be sure. If Brighton can have a good season, they've played well, but they've not got the results. But if they can start getting the results, maybe sneak top 10. I think he definitely... They play well. Busy. They play well as well, where people were yeah. notice. Like if he's doing for Burnley. Of... Yeah, exactly. Uh, the way they play is perfect for him, and I think he's quality. I'll, um, I, I'd like to change my uh, answer, actually. This is why you should do research beforehand. Okay. Because, well, as we're talking, I've just realised we've left probably the the outstanding choice for the award. And I've just, I have to check as well. He is young enough. Okay. <laughs> Dominic Avalu win. Yeah. yeah. Like, he is the odd. I, I don't even think it'll be close. If he carries on like he is, he's going to yeah. win it. I think that's fair. If he carries on, you can't. There is no competition as well as Lamptey would do or Foden. I yeah. can't see them coming close if uh, DCL has a 20 plus goal season. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's going to be harder for him because he's going to have to bang in goals basically up until when they vote quite early on, don't they? Yeah, they always vote like March time, don't they? Yeah, so he's got to do it for another four or five months. So Don't get me started on that, but no, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That really annoys me. But no, no bad show. So, yeah, I'll go uh, three empty, DCL then for Sims, and was it four Dino Torres? Who you going with now? But oh, well, I, got, I, got, I got the two choices. I'm going to stick with Torres. I'll stick with them. Nice. Okay, um, top scorer. Um, Sims, starts off with that. Uh, I think he's going to go 23 goals, and it'll be Jimmy Vardy. Jimmy Vardy was my pick as well. I think uh, I've already know 34. I think still watching him, he's 
I think you said last week that he's playing better than you've ever yeah. seen him play before, and I go along with that. His movement is incredible. His goals are incredible. Takes pens, misses the pens, takes pens, scores pens. Who knows? But he scores goals. So, yeah, I'll go Jamie Vardy as well. Oh, I feel bad now. After what I said last week, I should have gone with him. But no, I'm going to go Harry Kane. I think he'll get close to 30. But I'll say 28. I think he'll go on a little purple patch maybe after January. And he'll start buying him some goals. Yeah. And then manager of the year. I mean, his players just one player of the year. His team's finished eighth. It's only one man. It's Dean Smith. I, I have to agree that he was my first name on there. He's my first name on there. Dean Smith. It's gotta be. Gotta be. I um I've written down that if Spurs get top four, I think Mourinho would would probably be in the running. And I think he would be. I've also written down Bielsa. Now I've written that down. Purely because I think he could even win it if they finish bottom half. Because it's on my radar, which I love when he's getting. Yeah. And I don't like it. I think it's gone too far now. It's like, let's calm down a bit. You, at the end of the day, you've got to win games. And all the talk on his revolutionised football and all that, chill out a bit. Let's just calm down. He likes his data. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. He likes his spreadsheet. I'm a man who likes his spreadsheet. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. He likes to sit in McDonald's in Leeds. I like McDonald's. Burke likes McDonald's. I do. Do you know what I mean? So let's just calm down. It is on my radar now how much love he's getting for simple things. He likes to squat during the game. Top man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's let's just chill out a bit. Yeah. Get the results because I all, I genuinely think that if, if Leeds were to finish in the top, like, say, finish 10th, I think people will be saying, oh, Bielsa should get manager of the year. Yeah, it's not a bad show. It's because Leeds are a big club as well, today, so it'll be all that story, or the back in the prem, big club. They're looking to give them the awards. Yeah, that, so yeah. I wouldn't be sure. Yeah, Ra- Ralph Hasselhoodle was my Ralph was an honourable mention. We got, we got top 10. So, yeah. so there are our predictions. We'll revisit those in 30 games' time. You know it'll probably be Pep Guardiola, though, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, probably. We've gone for all the hipster ones. It's probably just going to be Guardiola. Okay. Raheem, yeah. play of the year. Foden, KDB. young play of the year. Yeah, KDB, yeah. of course, yeah. Guerrero, top scorer. Yeah. But it's fun to pretend something Thank else is going to happen. Um, so we'll move on to our draft. Obviously, there's two less picks this week with no Rob. Um, but it was football cliches, ones we like, ones we don't like, ones that annoy us, just... Ones we want to talk about. Sims, do you want to take over and decide the draft order? Well, obviously, I've got a question because yeah. I always come prepared and I'm also great. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> so, um, my question this week is based around a Masters Golden Boot winner. And that is, of course, the great Owen Coyle, a fan favourite of the podcast. Owen Coyle has managed Brandon's numerous true. clubs in his career. My question to you, boys, is how many clubs has he managed? Closest to the number, or the one who gets the number, will be will be drafting uh, first. If you both get it, then I haven't felt that far. <laughs> we can't pick the same number. We'll no. go there. Do you mind if I go first? Because I go you go first. Um, sure, the bat. I'm going to go eight. Eight clubs. With eight, I think it seems like a lot, but then you go through it, and I yeah, don't. Yeah, I think it might be a bit lower, but. Oh, I, I think higher, see. Do you think? Oh. Yeah, I think eight seems a lot, but then when you think it, so I'm oh, going to go tactical, because I think it's higher. I'm just going to go nine and play that game. Right. 
Good effort, by the way. I, I did panic for a second there, thinking that you were both going to say the same one. So, <laughs> uh, he started off in Falkirk in 2003, moving on to St Johnston. From St Johnston, he had his big break at Burnley, so we're now up to three. From Burnley, he went to Bolton Wanderers. That's four, if you can't count. From Bolton, he went to Wigan. That's five. From Wigan, for the pronunciation on the last couple. Of yeah. <laughs> from Wigan to Houston Dynamo across the pond. Mm. Then he went to Blackburn Rovers. Oh no. Then, then Owen Coyle went from Blackburn Rovers. And this is where now I'm getting a bit um <laughs> because from Blackburn Rovers. He went to Ross County. All good. Oh. From Ross County, he went to, and I apologise to any fans of this team, Chennai in, I think that's in India. Because Chennai's in India, I'm guessing. In fact, I will tell you if it's in India. It is in India. <laughs> They're a team based in Chennai, Tamil Nadu, for all those super fans out there. And the club was founded in August 2014. Anyway. <laughs> he then finished off, and this is where he currently is at the moment in Jamshedpur Football Club in the Indian professional football team. And it's also a subsidiary of the Tata Group. Tata Steel. Tata Steel. So, in other words, Berkey won. It was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10. Oh, co-manager at Falkirk. Co-manager. He was. Mad. Do we know who we was uh, commander with him? Of course, that? You don't. <laughs> was it also a, a Masters Gold Boot winner? Well, there's only been about seven of them, so I probably yeah. was. We leave that <laughs> to the listeners to uh, to work out. Um, so I'll start then. Um, cliche. Uh, I'm going to start with is one that annoys me. Uh, so it's said by I think every Premier League player I've ever heard. Have an interview says it. Every Premier League manager says it. And there's two points I want to make about it. First of all, it's disrespectful to other levels of football. Um, and secondly, it's simply just not true. So the phrase is, there are no easy games at this level. When we've already discussed West Brom, Fulham, Burnley, there's multiple easy games at the Premier League level. I think Spurs win over United, easy. Villa beating Liverpool, Villa beating Arsenal. Easy. Uh, Chelsea beating Sheffield last week, well, uh, last game week. Easy. So when people say there's no easy games at this level, I just lose all credibility. They lose all credibility in anything they're saying. I can't stand it. So that's why I'm going to start with there are no easy games at this level. <laughs> that was on my list. I couldn't agree more. Um, Okay, there were so many to pick from. It's it's unbelievable how much crap players and managers say. Um, one for me, the two picks I'm going to go for are ones that make me cringe when I hear a player or manager say it. And one of the biggest ones for me is a bit like this podcast. The club's like a family, and I'm like, <laughs> it. Stop giving me the same old spiel every single week. But it's not usually after a game or a pre-game. It's usually when they do like an exclusive interview, <laughs> when they're in they're in the training ground, in the dressing room, on the 
on the injury bed or something. Oh, you know, everyone's like a family, you know, the kit man, all this bollocks. I'm just like, I'm sick of hearing it. It really frustrates me. It really makes me cringe and just doesn't feel feel good. So, yeah, my first pick, the club's like a family. Which Going back to what you're saying there, but you are right, because it's like saying, oh, oh, yeah, no, like I love Dave the kit man. Yeah. Like you love him so much. So you're such a family that you're on 80 grand a week and Dave is actually on 50 grand a year. Yeah, and if David Kitman's on fifty grand a year, he is a very, very wealthy yeah. man. Yeah, because he's probably right. close to twenty-five grand a year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think that's a good one. I that's think both of you would win. Right, I'm going. To, I'm going to start, and I'm going to be dicey to start with. Right, so okay. I don't know, but you're a PR guy. If I'm stepping too far, you know, feel Sorry. free. To jump I'll, I'll put the explicit uh, sign on the podcast. Feel free to jump in. I, I won't swear. But it's just a, it's a topic which it gets a bit dicey now. We'll I've got a massive bugbear. I think this is becoming more and more of a cliche in football where you've got commentary teams who haven't got a clue about who they're watching. So they've just been told, you're going to be doing like this game next weekend. And instead of sitting down and doing their homework, they just go into it with the bare minimum of facts. That's you saying so the method. I was just saying it's so ironic that you're saying it. I mean, oh, I I do it every week. Okay, these lot they're getting paid. I got a job. Yeah. I got a full time job. These lot, this is their job. Yeah. So the one that sticks out always is Martin Keogh. But the thing, what they say, and the thing gets me, really gets me, is when they have no clue what they're doing. So the, what they go to is they go to this. They go to simple short phrases. So if you are a black centre midfielder. You are strong and powerful. Doesn't matter if you are five foot five and absolutely rubbish. You will always be strong and powerful. If you're a winger, you're pacey. Or he's got a few tricks that can beat the man. Even if you're a winger who plays like Stephen Pina, for example, of top head, who is nothing like a normal winger. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's pacey. He likes to take on a man. No, he doesn't. Do your re- do your homework. Do your research. Like foreign, exotic countries attacking players. Yeah. Oh, he's such a clever player. If he's yeah. from Mozambique or somewhere like that, or <laughs> I, if he's GCSEs, I doubt he is. Honestly, <laughs> it, it really annoys me. It's like, like you said, it's just, it's really lazy stereotypes. Yeah. Really lazy. And it happens all the time. It's like, if you are a centre mid, like I remember Aaron, remember Aaron Moy? Um, yeah. The Aussie. Yeah, the Aussie. So he was bald and obviously bald yeah. white man centre midfielder. That's so all they ever said was, oh, yeah, he's, um, he likes to tackle. <laughs> no, he never. He's the exact opposite. Yeah. If you're four and you're a cultured midfielder who likes to get on the ball a bit, they never work horses. They never like, oh, he's a, he's a bit of a dog in midfield. Like, he likes yeah. to get about a bit, make a tackle. You never see that from a foreigner, unless they're, like, South American, and then all of a sudden they are. Yeah. yeah. No, the lazy stereotypes. I, yeah, that's a... Good shout, actually. Yeah. And uh, nowhere near the uh, the questionable line, Sims. Thought you played that really well. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was very careful. Do you know why? Because I prepared it, but I did my research. Um, the book, uh, the secret footballer, and he's got an entire chapter on what Sims has just said that, like, um, basically that blind racism in football of. Like the first point you made about the, especially black players being stereotyped as powerful, like that is and strong. That's always ones uh, they go to. 
Um, what was your next pick, Sims? Right. No, here we go. Here we go. Strap is out then. Right. <laughs> Already am. This, no. This is becoming, I really, it's on my radar for about a good 18 months, two years now. Champions League nights, because this is the only time I see these happen. So you're watching, like, say, a Shakhtar Donet, or you're watching, like, a Zenit team. And all of a sudden, you've got, like, an 89 squad number, or, or kit number, on a striker. And I'm thinking, right, this is, why is he 89 now? So then you, as you do, you go on Wikipedia, and you type in their squad, and you're looking at all their squad numbers. And there's no number nine in the squad. There's no number 10 in the squad. You've got to write back who all of a sudden is number, like, number six. Six for right back, I can deal with. But when the, when the right back then becomes an eight, yeah. or I've got a nine at centre back, they're just doing it now, they'll be hipsters. In these, these random leagues, and honestly, it's a, it is the random leagues. It's always, like, yeah. Ukraine, it's, Ukraine are terrors, right? <laughs> Absolute terrors. I've noticed this. Ukraine... And also, the Holland is good. I like Holland. Holland's a very much 1-11 to 11 kind of league. But Ukraine and Russia need to sort themselves out. And obviously the Italian league as well. Yeah. They love like a 45 striker. Random but, kit numbers is on my radar. Where's the cliche? Is it the league is the cliche? The cliche is, is no, yeah. That they're doing it now just to be a hipster. That is a cliche yeah. that, that Ukraine now is almost like yeah. they know by now, oh, this is on Steve's radar. Let's give this striker the number 99 now just to piss him off <laughs> even more. And there you go, it's pissed in. Pets is okay, I think. We can, we can get away with that. Baltelli with 45. Like, yeah. I'm sure I read the reason he went for it is because 4 plus 5 is 9. And there was no 9 available at the time. But he's been in clubs since where 9 is available. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. If yeah. I was a manager, it'd be the first thing I'd do. Right. Unless it's got a specific meaning to you, 1 to 11, that's your choice. Yeah. If if I was to, to if you're asking me for like a title, what is the cliche there? My title I've written down here: stupid kit numbers in weird leagues. <laughs> <laughs> That's I wish cliche. I wish Rob was here because he'd, he'd be so against this. Yeah, we'd be here all day. Yeah, he'd be as offended as he was last week when we had to go in for picking jersey dude there because the player that made him fall in love with football. That's an unbelievable. Could be worse. Could be gone <laughs> You said it. <laughs> um, so yeah, butts move us on. There's too many to choose from here. But I've got two. There's one that I want to say because of this name of our podcast. And this would have been the name of our podcast. But I'm going to leave it. Because this one, similar level is the same in terms of irritation. And it is when a manager is either struggling at the bottom of a league or they just need to bring someone in to keep, maybe not to keep fans happy, but just to bring a body in. We've brought him in, brought him in for his experience. Which basically is code with saying, He's crap, but he's old enough that he's going to come in and hopefully help the younger lads out. I'm sorry, just because you're 35 and have played for 15 different clubs throughout League One, Two, and the National Football League does not mean you're any good and does not mean you should be brought in because you're experienced. I hear it time and time again, and it really, really gets on my nerves because it's like, well, just bring in a youngster who is probably as good and develop him and maybe get him for a good price. I don't know. It's one that really irritates me. It really winds me up the wrong way. So that's my second. That's bit. fair. And to branch off that point, like it's not the exact same words, but James Milner, me and Sims watch him week in, week out. He comes off the bench, Liverpool are 1-0 up, or it's 2-1 to Liverpool. 
and they bring him on and the commentators will say, oh, he's on there for his experience to help see the game out. He's yeah. awful at it. First thing he does is fly in someone and get up. <laughs> like, yeah. He is one of the worst for coming on and seeing the game out. Oh. I'd much rather just a, like a Naby Keita, someone who can keep the ball and drive the team at pitch. Yeah. But no, they bring on James Milner, who just... It's disrespectful. I, I love James Milner. I think he's brilliant. But I just think the terminology and the cliche of, oh, he's over 30. He'll, exactly, yeah. He'll see the game out. No, plus players can be crap. Like, yeah. Just because they're old enough and play for ten years doesn't mean they're any good. They don't have the same player traits. Do you know my problem with that as well, but I completely agree with you. If you're so, if you're a good manager, you wouldn't find yourself needing all that experience of being in the relegation zone all the time because yeah. you won't be in the relegation zone. So, like, not all experience is good experience. Exactly. Like, you can have, you can have, you can be very experienced manager means you've been bottom of the league for the whole season. Exactly. So, like, my argument is, if they're very experienced at this position, in, i.e. in the relegation zone, is that guy the right guy to get out of yeah. the relegation zone? Oh, he's been, he's been in a relegation battle a few times. Has he been relegated every time? Yes. What, <laughs> why are you bringing him in then? I don't know. I agree. I don't know. Football yeah. is just happening. Um, I've got a few written down, uh, but I'll see us on with this one. It's... It's a phrase we've all heard every single season of football, every single season we watch. But it's one that, with the way Liverpool have been over the last couple of years, it's one I've heard more and more from watching Liverpool interviews. And Jordan Henderson is a terrifying <laughs> when he says, we're taking it one game at a time. Like, what other choice have you got? You can't play the <laughs> other 30 games all at once, can you? Like, you <laughs> yes, you are playing. And it's such a waste of time and breath. I think Premier League needs to start clamping down on managers and players when they say it and start issuing match bans. Because ultimately, these players have been made to fulfil their media commitments and coming out and saying this line that means nothing at all. It's a waste of a question. It's a waste of my money paying for Sky just to see Jeff Reeves be happy with this answer and move on to the next question. No. Get the John Henderson. Are you winning the league? Yes or no? None of this one game at a time. Yeah, we know that. But after all the games, what's going to happen, Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want. And yeah, that's a phrase that really grinds my gears. So that's the one that's going to see off our list of cliches. Can I give but, an honourable mention? I two. Yeah, that's what I was just going to open it up to. Sorry. Um, there's one, and it's, it's really applicable to Liverpool again, but it's, it's one that I see more on Twitter and it really annoys me. So as much as I understand where people are coming from, when they say, oh, he's like a new signing when a player comes <laughs> back from injury. Yeah. No, he's not. Because you already had that player. <laughs> yeah. You already knew everything about him. So it's not having a new player. So like you watch now, when Van Dijk comes back, it'll be oh, class. It'll be like, you know, Liverpool don't need a centre-back now because they, they'll like be like, I'm a new signing. Well, no, they needed a centre-back when Van Dijk was there the first time. Yeah. Because yeah. they've only got four and two of them are very injury prone. So saying it's like a new signing, players a new signing is like a new signing. <laughs> That's the only thing. A player yeah. returning from injury is not a new signing. It I would just... allow a youngster breaking through to the first team squad to be like a new signing. Yeah, because they're adding on to what you did have. Yes. Exactly. But beyond that, players that are already contracted to play first team football are yeah. not. New signings, or and also players who play like two hundred games for the club <laughs> are not a new signing. Totally agree. Honorable mentions, but I know you got a few yeah, on your list. Couple. I had um, 
obviously this was going to be the name of the podcast before we changed it. Um, that team is too good to go down. No. Whatever team goes down is going down for a reason. The table never Not lies. because they're too good. Yeah, exactly. That's another one on the list. Oh. And another one, <laughs> excuse me, that's a bit nostalgic, is every time he was in an interview, an exclusive on Sky Sports or Jim on transfer deadline day, or rolling down his window as he was leaving whatever training ground he was at, just the words, he's a fantastic player in that accent of high red nabs. Will always warm my heart. You can do the accent though, can you, Russ? I'm sure you can. can. No, I can't. No. You did last week. You were quite good at it. <laughs> no, don't say you just try to set me up here. Yeah. I know we are games. I'll do it next week. I'll, I'll practice it. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, one more in. Sorry, yeah. but have you got one there? I got, yeah, I got a couple. Oh, you give us first. Um, I, he's hit it too well. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Is that Michael if, is that if Michael he had, he'd have scored. So that's one for me. And I've seen them given which is said by any commentator that's not really up to date on the rules of football and doesn't want to go either side of it and just go, I've seen them given. I'll be honest, I say that a couple of times, I'll be honest. Well, <laughs> I throw that out there. Might it's one that. that's qualified. Don't like. The, the one, and this is actually the one I feel the most strongly about, but I didn't pick it because I felt like I would go too much into it. The idea that, oh, these things even themselves out over the course of a season. <laughs> and I'm saying this because also the start of the show, you said, Berg, we're not going to touch on referees. Yes, we are. <laughs> if a ref gives crap call and they say, oh, well, you know, it's unlucky, but these, you know, they're leaving themselves out for the season. No, it doesn't. Simple things are momentum and points have a huge impact. Yeah. We're saying, no, oh, you know, like for example, though, I'll, I'll use the, um, the, the, the Mersey derby. Van Dijk gets injured. The, the Liverpool uh, get drawn to a win. Just say, you know, that Jurgen Klopp was in a position where Brendan was a few years ago, where he desperately needed that win. Yeah. Doesn't get the win. Draws. And then, all of a sudden then, he's under a lot of pressure and gets a sack like five games later. Doesn't even have up for Jurgen Klopp. He's been sacked. Yeah. It doesn't even itself up for that person or that team. It might even itself out over the course of like two years. It doesn't work. Momentum in sport is so crucial. You pick a win up like here and there, and all of a sudden you're off. Well, that goal line, uh, Villa, ball over the line last season, who was that? That didn't even itself up for Sheffield United. Yeah. Because the team went down. Well, the team went down. Yeah. So... No, I agree with that one. Well, basically, and yeah, refs are rubbish. <laughs> one thing, Sims, you say this one all the time, uh, in terms of you hating it, he's not that sort of player. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ming Son. Oh. Honestly, and he's like, slick. I always think there's some sneaky, dirty players around. Yeah. And Young Ming Son is definitely on the radar for that. Yeah. He's had a few naughty uh, red cards the last couple of years. I'll accept that. <laughs> I, have, I have another honourable mention. I've got loads. I've got more of these than in our yeah, list. But I may as well say I've got one more. It's a great ball in, but nobody was on the end of it. Well, <laughs> they weren't that great a ball in, was it? <laughs> you look up, you see the players, you're waiting for the players. You don't just yeah. put in a good area. It's not that great a ball in, is it? So that's one for me. Any, any more before we move on? Uh, no, i got loads. It's a funny old game, that's one that uh, <laughs> always sticks out. Oh, it's a game of two halves. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Do, we knew this. Well, I really enjoyed that one, Berg, you just said, though. I, I forgot about that one, to be honest. <laughs> I did forget about that. He's not that type of player. Yeah. yeah. So, 
yes, this list has been ones we hate, isn't it? It's been... <laughs> yeah, most yeah. yeah. cliches are the one we hate. It's been a nice, uh, nice to unwind. Who's your favourite footballer when it comes to this topic, Vic? What topics, Anna? The draft topic we just had. A former Man City left back. I, I, oh. French. French. I don't cliche know. For Arsenal. Oh, oh yeah. My favourite cliche. Gardner cliche. <laughs> <laughs> you may have to edit that part out, but I'm not going to. It wasn't rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> But they say, oh, more strict, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll be fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, leave it in there. Yeah. They're not professionals, they don't expect much from us. No, exactly. So we move on to our segment, which is the mystery segment. So as Rob, Sims and Butts have all had a turn, it's my turn. And this is something, as group, we've actually had a few debates on this lately. So I thought we'd settle it once and for all. It's the Pundit World Cup. <laughs> So, I've selected 24 of the best pundits working in the country at the moment and drawn them in a tournament tree. We're going to narrow it down game by game and be left with who is the best pundit and then we'll know how good the pundits are with how far they get in the tournament. Um, Why we'll mention is after I did the draw, I remembered three different pundits who haven't been seeded for this tournament. And um, I don't know if you are that desperate to get them in. But it's Phil Neville, Mark Lawrenson and Lee Dixon miss out on the grand final. Are we happy to leave them out? Yeah. Okay. So this was a random draw that um, was done, names our hat, two weeks ago. So the way it'll work is just to speed up so we're not taking too long. I'll name a matchup. Sims, you will name the winner and that'll be that matchup done. But you'll do the next matchup, then me. We'll keep going in that vein until we're down to the quarters or the semi-final. And then we'll have a 2-1 two, two, vote to settle the games. Um, if Sims is picking his butt and you strongly disagree, then you're allowed to have like a vote in system, but you can only call that vote once. So if you strongly disagree with Sims, you can call a vote. We'll vote on it. Sim, Sim, everyone has that power to do it once. There's only one guy that I'm using my veto for. <laughs> so I'll wait for him to come up. So, the first matchup, the first draw, the battle of the English almost midfielders, Danny Murphy or Owen Hargreaves. But you can start us off. Who is the better pundit? Oh, God. Um, oh, my God. Danny Murphy says nonsense, but Owen Hargreaves says nothing. <laughs> so, the sheer controversy, I'll go with Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy wins that game, yeah? Yeah, he wins, yeah. Okay, Danny Murphy makes it through the next round. This Sims, you've got the gimme of the tournament, in my opinion. <laughs> it, it was drawn. Jamie Carragher plays Garth Crook. I think Cara. What? <laughs> Unbelievable that Garth Crook didn't get through the first round. <laughs> yeah, did this. He deserves that for just the... Uh, is team of the week alone. Yeah. Um, we'll be a fan of the show after this. So the next matchup, um, Jamie Redknapp versus Rio Ferdinand. Um, I'll take this one. Um, tough one, this. Um, I, I'm i going to go Jamie Redknapp. I think he... People make out he's a bit 
nice, nice. But I think you need that balance. He is nice, but he's also got his opinions. I think yeah. Rio, I think is with Rio, his one opinion this week could be so strong, and the next week they'll think the exact opposite and go all in on that opinion. I don't feel there's any consistency with him. So Jamie Redknapp makes it through that round. Uh, back to you, Butts. Gary Neville, Paul Merson. It's got to be Gary Neville, isn't it? Interesting as well, boys. Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher have been drawn in the same side of the tournament. So we're not having a Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher final. Interesting. Sims, Ashley Cole, Glenn Hoddle. Do you know what? I actually think Ashley Cole is not too bad. Um, so, and I, and I think Glenn Hoddle is a walking yeah. cliche. So I'll go with, oh gosh. So I will go with Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole wins that, that one. That was Certainly agreed, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... Oh, no, it's me, and Thank God it's me, because I could have seen you tucking me up on this one. Next <laughs> game is Chris Sutton versus Roy Keane. Roy Keane walks it for me. Yeah, I would have picked Roy Keane, that's for sure. Roy Keane walks that one. Uh, but Patrice Evra or Martin Keown? Oh, God. <laughs> Purely for the laughs, so I go Patrice. Patrice makes it through, and yeah, I... I don't think Martin can have any complaints with that one. Um, Robbie Savage, Jermaine Genus. I'm going to go Jermaine Genus. Jermaine Genus yeah, makes it through. I, I'd go along with that, yeah. Bit more level headed. Yeah. Um, Mino, Peter Crouch versus Graham Souness. Um, Graham Souness wins that for me. I, I don't mind Crouchy, I think he's good. But it's nice to get experience in the team. Strong, strong opinions as well. Yeah. Get him in for his experience at that. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So, Suey makes it through. Um, but Alex Scott or Mike Lowen? I'll say Alex Scott because of Mike Lowen. It's like he's never played football. So, my stuff he gives up with. I think that's harsh on Alex Scott. I think she's very good. No, that's what I mean, yeah, I'm saying she's good. I'm just saying I, Mike Lowen's bad. I think yeah. Alex Scott's very good. I also think you've been a bit harsh, Mike Lowen. Mike yeah. Lowen is actually brilliant when it comes to talking about strikers and finishing, but yet when he goes off that, he's absolutely awful. <laughs> but if you actually listen to him talking about strikers and finishing, he's actually better than anyone. Yeah, I, I do like Owen. I but Maybe I, I don't listen to bias. Enough, but... No, I think that's also bias from obviously last week. He was on my list yeah. of players I loved watching. True. So, um, Sims, you next with Paul Scholes versus Ian Wright. Oh, Ian Wright, definitely. He's more of a laugh. I don't like Paul Scholes at all. Yeah. And then the last game of the first rounds, Mika Richards versus Alan Shearer. <laughs> and uh, for me, Mika Richards makes that through. I used to like Alan Shearer. But I, I've gone off him the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know. And I, I think he's like... trying to keep up, if you know what I mean, by being a bit more out there with some of his comments. Yeah. What we'll do, we'll keep up the same system for this round. And then I think we're down to the semis then. So yep. um, we'll start again with you, but So Danny Murphy plays Jamie Carragher. Carragher. Sorry, Danny boy. Cara. And then Sims, you've got Jamie Redknapp playing Gary Neville. Gary Neville. Gary Neville might as well just walk straight through till they meet each other. 
well, they've met each other now in the um, semis together when that comes back. And we'll have a 2-1 vote to decide that. Um, So next one was Ashley Cole plays Roy Keane. I'm going Roy Keane. Feel free to call your vote, but... I'm happy enough for that. Roy Keane. um, And then, but Patrice Evra, Jermaine Genus. Do you go with the eccentric or the level-headed? Um, you go with the one who actually talks about football. Yeah, just to say, who, who would I rather listen to more often? And yeah, Jermaine Genius would be one for me. Yeah, that's I fair. Agree. I I'd agree with that. Um, Sims, Ian Wright, Meek Richards. Uh, Meek Richards. <laughs> I do, I do think it is bigger to there. I'll be honest. I think Ian Wright, Ian Wright is a, is a, he's a, he's an armchair fan, isn't he? Like what he says a match of the day, I think any of us could say. Yeah, yeah. You um, like his enthusiasm. Exactly, I like, like his personality. But you need a yeah. bit more. Um, well, you just need, you need just be more expertise, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. tell me something I don't know because I'm not good at football. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would argue Mickey Richards hasn't really done that for me personally. I haven't done. I can't think of a time I've listened to him and gone, "Oh, okay, yeah." I didn't see it from my point of view, or I didn't see that as an armchair fan. But I suppose it's better than Ian Wright. So. The more current, you know, he talks about Premier League footballers. He's talking about them. No, yeah, yeah. That's not against Ian Wright. It's not his fault. But he, you know, he's a holder. But yeah, yeah. And Ian Wright still beat Paul Scholes. I mean, he's done well to get through that. Oh, Next yeah. round. Um, and then the last matchup is Graeme Stooness versus Alex Scott. That's a tough one. I'm going to go Alex Scott. Guess who? For me. I wouldn't disagree. I think there needs to be a refresh. I think I'm she's very good. Graham needs to go. I remember when she did the World Cup, I think that was her first main job and she was really impressive. Not as I wasn't as impressed as Patrice Evera, who patronizingly clapped her live on TV. Like, yeah. but uh, aside from that, um, yeah, no, I think she's very good. Um, so now we're at the semi final stage of three semi finals, and then the winners will go to a three person final. Um, so Cara versus Neville is semi final one. This is we'll vote on it. Um, I fun, yeah. I'll, I won't start it. I'll be honest. I think. Are we talking about commentating a game, or are we talking about punditry studio as well? Studio. Or... Studio. Um. Yeah, no, we'll stick to studio because it wouldn't be fair if one of them gets in the final against a pundit who doesn't do commentary. So it's studio. Studio. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I actually will go car again because if it was common, Jared, go Neville. But I think in the studio, Carragher is better at analysing games and discussing tactics and everything like that. I think Carragher is probably better. I think if you're talking just in general terms, in terms of on Monday football, they have the debate. Yeah. I think Neville is stronger. But when you're talking about actual out and out poor football, I think I'd go with Carragher in the yeah. studio. But. Um, sorry, because I'm going to make this easy, but um, 
if you asked me 18 months ago, I'd say Neville, but I'm going to go with Carragher. Um, I don't know. There's about uh, Guy Neville. I've gone off him last year. Although I think he's going a bit too, a little bit like Rio Ferdinand. One week he's strong on something, and a few weeks down the line he's singing a different tune. I'm finding a little bit like that with him at the moment, but yeah, it's a tough call. But yeah, he's, he's still brilliant, obviously. He's, yeah, no, finding yeah. minimal things and. Yeah. They're probably the two best, mate. Um, I would say it's probably fair to say that this these are the two strongest left in this matrix. Well, we'll see. Right, Roy, Roy Keane's up next, so um, so Jamie Carragher, it would be a clean sweep, I think. Uh, along the same lines, I think Neville, I'd probably prefer commentating because he's a bit more critical, like on what he sees, and but in terms of punditry, yeah, I'll go Carragher. Um, and with Cara as well, he helps out David Jones. He actually asks a few questions to the guests they have on MNF. I think whole studio package. Next semi-final, Roy Keane, Jermaine Genus. I'm going to start us off with <laughs> Roy Keane. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, I think he's underrated with the actual football side of it. I think because he has gone over the top a lot of the time his actual football talk gets thrown out a lot but I think he does bring that to the table um, and then also he's just absolutely fantastic entertainment so I'm going to one vote Jermaine right go first, Sims. yeah go on then All right, because I'm going to go Jermaine Genius and this isn't a vendetta against Roy Keane I yes, just think he's a, bit out, I think he's a bit out of touch with modern day football at the moment to be honest I think he's coming from a place where fair enough he experienced that during his playing career and his short-lived managerial career, managerial career. Um, but yeah, if if I had to watch something ten times and pick someone, I think I would rather watch Jermaine Genius, just because I would get more annoyed at Roy Keane trying to. I don't know. I I feel entertaining. I don't want my pundits to be entertaining. I want to be informed. I want to be informative. I want to learn something, not go. Oh, that was funny. Oh well done. Thanks. As a third party, but I heard you say. Oh, I actually agree with Roy Keane there more than I would say yeah, about but, Jermaine yeah, Genius. But, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, because Jermaine Genius is not on Sky Sports and I watch predominantly Sky Sports. And Roy Keane's on every five minutes. Because he's the best. Obviously, I can agree with Roy Keane on some matters, obviously. But it's just the whole package. I find him a bit too over the top for me. I can't believe that this is what I've boiled down to, that I can either put Roy Keane <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, is glad I've done this as well. Honestly, I, I'm like, I'm just sitting here thinking, how were these two work got this far? Like, um, <laughs> I'm gonna put Jimmy Genius in the final. Shocking. Because I, I, on, I agree with Beth. I think Roy Keane's completely out of touch. I really do, and I think half the stuff he says, I don't even know if he believes it. I just think he, I think, I think he's become almost like a spoof now, where it's just like, uh, you know, can I make if I make headlines all over by being by saying outlandish things. I don't particularly think I'm not putting Jimmy. I don't think Genus makes like anything though. I think he's another one of those that talks without saying anything. Well, I'll be honest. I'd rather I'd rather that than just have someone who's talking at the rubbish. And I mean, and the thing is, Roy Keane's coming from like a dinosaur period as well. Yeah. Like some of the stuff he says, I just like, oh, mate, calm down. So I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm going to put Jimmy Genus. It's like the Kyle Walker can get spanked in the final. Yeah. It's like the Kyle Walker penalty. You just go, oh, he's an idiot. No, oh, he does. Yeah. He does expand on it. That's the thing. I think that's what is my point. Really, he doesn't no. really give me an informative answer. Go, he does, oh, this though. Why he did it? Why did he do that? That's my point, Roy Keane. I think it gets lost 
like he made that point. That's what everyone remembers. But he actually does go on to actually go in detail about what Kyle Walker's done wrong and what he's always done wrong. Like, yeah. I think that's what gets forgotten with Roy Keane. I think the headline is the headline, but right, no one looks behind it. Don't say the headline then. Don't say call me an idiot. Just say I'll be honest. I'm going to have to say to Mike because I just remember that Jimmy Jean has called players by their first name and they're really, really, <laughs> really young as me. So when he goes, oh, I think Dale would be unfortunate with that. Oh, I think Harry won't like that. Oh, Hugh goes a good save. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Roy Keane, get in the final because I yes. really, really like <laughs> Yeah. And Roy Keane can get spanked in the final. <laughs> I'm happy he's in the final. And I know if Rob was here, he'd uh, get him into the final for me as well. Um, I'm sticking to my convictions. I don't care. So, that's fine. We can move on now. I got two to one. Um, third semi final. Um, Alex Scott, Mika Richards. Alex Scott walks it. Absolutely walks it. I'd Alex. go Alex Scott, but walks it as a stretch. But I'd go Alex Scott makes the final. She absolutely walks it. Not even close. The most seen pundits on TV. <laughs> and around, why are they seen? When you flip through channels, they're everywhere. I don't know. You've got program. Alex Alex Scott's doing the one show now. Exactly. That's my point. Oh, you mean they'll prepare them? Both of them, yeah. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, so on to the final. We got Jamie Carragher, Roy Keane, Alex Scott, the three best uh, pundits working in the country. As voted for by Football Revisited, minus Rob. <laughs> um, um, I doubt we're going to have a 1 1 1 vote. But, uh, Sims, do you want to start us off? Because you had the decider on the last big... I mean, surely we're all going Jimmy Carragher as the best, surely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm anyway. Like... <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> Are you going Carragher as well, yeah, Sims? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, I'll, I'll go Roy Keane just so he has a point in the final. If he came down to it, I would have gone Carragher. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, <laughs> I wanted to be Carragher, then Scott, then Keane. <sighs> no, I'll go Carragher as well. Carragher wins the three... Nil, nil. So the, the question is actually, who's the second best? Okay, so Keane or Alex Scott? Alex Scott by Country Mile. Agreed. Gary well, Neville, I think. It'd be great for him to be there. <laughs> but no, um, I think Alex Scott is a better pundit. So yeah, I'll go Jamie Carragher, Alex Scott second, Roy Keane in third. I think that's and fair. That's our... Um, Enjoy that. our pundit World Cup winner, Jimmy Carragher. Congratulations and uh, good show, boy. Right, Enjoy that. I really enjoyed that. That was good. Good. All the best. Difference. 